The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Matt Liner, and you're listening to Reign of Troy Radio. Reign of Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Get Michael Castillo on the phone. <laughs> Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Oh, I can't believe USC is five and seven and not going to a ball. Oh. All right, Trojan fans, turn up the volume. It's time for Reign of Troy Radio. Here's your host, Michael Castillo. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio. This is the car cast after USC's sixth win of the year. The Trojans are 6-7 and seven to move their 2018 record to 6-7 and seven with the win over Fresno State. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Yeah, this is just 2018 all over again, right? Like Michael, on the drive home, well, the drive to the Rot Studio, I, you and I had conversations. First of all, we're eating Jack in the Box? Yes. Mini yeah. churros for the win. Yep. Uh, extreme sausage sandwich for the win. Those, the best, that's the best part of my night. Ultimate cheeseburger, even though they screwed up and they gave they me the freaking bacon. bacon. See, now, what the any, hell? any other human would have considered that a gift from the gods. And you open up your sandwich and go, ew, why'd they put bacon in it? You like the look on your face was just like, eh. I, I nearly didn't eat the thing. You know what, though? You know what, though? It's the perfect analogy, though, Michael, because I thought that I had ordered a whatever sandwich that you ordered and USC put a whole bunch of. No, you thought you ordered an air raid offense, and then and, and I got a lot of else. bacon on top. I don't know. Yeah. This is it's it's too. Uh, the 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 point is the point is in the car on the way here, we got to talking, and I was ba- I basically like shouted out like it's been thirty games of this, like thirties. It's not just 2018, 2017 as well. Yeah. It's been thirty games of the same. Yeah. Exact story. Mm-hmm. You could have you mm-hmm. could have tagged this 2017 if you wanted to, minus Sam Darnold. Yeah. Well, after you and I got the, drove through the Jack in the Box, and we're driving back to the studio, uh, we were talking about all the things going down. You know the the act the the car cast the 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 real car cast that everyone's going to complain about. I'm not kidding, because uh, this is a studio cast, but it's still a car cast. But we talked about all these things, and it took us a solid 25 minutes to mention, oh, yeah, JT got hurt. Yeah. Because there's that much stuff in this game to where I, it, it almost was rendered meaningless at the end when you look at everything that went down in this game just being so reminiscent of before. And you can sit here and talk about how there's nothing to say because everything that we've ever wanted to say we've already said before and at the same point, you can add an emphasis to all of that because, well, this was an offense that, you know, they should have scored more than three offensive touchdowns, but yet USC falls back into the trap of, again, scoring three, three offensive, offensive touchdowns. touchdowns like they have 
seemingly every game since Clay Helton got named the interim head coach in 2015. Not literally, but it feels that way, right? But we had those co- in 2015. We had the conversation of they can only really score 21 points, yeah, and plus the defensive touchdown or the special teams touchdown. And yeah, it's the exact same thing. And Clay Helton isn't in charge of this offense, and yet it's still like it. It just I don't I. Ugh. And and while you could give them the benefit of the doubt for for the Keaton Slovis thing, and I thought Except, Keaton was fine. Well, okay, so here but, I, I wanted to give you some credit. Okay, you were right about the quarterback thing. The quarterback doesn't matter. Like the quarterback didn't really like the quarterbacks were fine. No. There was nothing. What went wrong for USC in this game? Yeah, both quarterbacks threw interceptions. That was a problem. But like the quarterbacks weren't really the problem. Like. I do, I do wonder what the what the game plan would have looked like if JT didn't get hurt. Well, because they definitely ran, they ran a the ball, lot. They ran the ball more. And, yeah. and, and part of that is they were having success running the ball. And if you're having success running the ball, running the ball keep doing it. Um, especially when you have a true freshman that you've thrown out there on a whim in a situation like that. So that makes sense. Help him out. Great. Fantastic. Um, and it was working with with Vi. Vi had a hell of a night, 134 rushing yards. Great for him, right? But at the at the same point, I do wonder how things would have changed. Would they would they have been able to get the passing game back in a rhythm like they had in the first quarter? Because you look at JT. JT had one gr- amazing first quarter. The second quarter, he started to deteriorate deteriorate before he even got hurt. Um, the should we just start running down from the beginning of this game? Because I feel like we're just bouncing around already. Yeah, we might as well just sort let's, of okay. Let's semi, semi, not recap, but like let's start from the beginning. Okay, let's Let, start from the beginning. Which now that we're talking about it, uh, it makes me really angry. Actually, the the, to, the the penalty on the kickoff. Well, the penalty on the kickoff was literally the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like it was like I was literally I'm on the sidelines taking pictures. And I see it happen, and I say, "You're you're kidding me! Like this is the funniest! Like I was short of hysterically laughing, but but still, I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was just it was just so fitting. So then that happens, but then but then the offense goes out, and what does the offense do? Puts together probably the best drive of the Honestly, last two years. How clutch was John Baxter to to? To have that penalty and pad some stats. There you go. Pad some stats so for the br- offense. Bring it back. Let JT have the best drive of his career. Yeah. And let the offense have the most the most coherent, the most uh, rhythmic, the most... Oh, it was beautiful. Uh, co- it what was, was just, more beautiful? The the naked peristyle or that first drive? I mean, they're, they're right up there, right? You know, tied for that beautiful. Yeah. Like and and the naked peristyle was lit up in red. Like it was like the rather naked, erotic. Yes, very, yeah. very yes. Uh, but that first drive was just everything that you hoped it could be. Like that first drive was the oh snap. That first drive was the um. What do you call it? The it was the brochure for what this offense could be. Yes, it was everything that. You know, we we've talked about it. We had our our meetup on on Friday, which was awesome. We'll talk about that more at the end of this. But it it was at that meetup. I I, I mentioned there. I've mentioned in our comments on Intro.com, Like the the point of the air raid is to find receivers in space, throw to open receivers, 
Throw to guys who don't need to make a great play. Yes. The, throw to receivers who are wide open. Throw to guys who have blockers out in front. Throw to dudes to make it easier on the quarterback. And you watch those first two drives, and it was that. JT Daniels didn't throw to a single dude who was covered. Everybody was wide open. Amon Ross St. Brown, wide open. Tyler Bonds, wide open. Michael Pittman, wide open. They schemed those guys open, and it was gorgeous. They didn't run the ball um, that often, but they didn't need to. I think they only ran the ball once. but but On the first drive, they only ran it once, and it was a great run for like 13 yards or something like that to buy running into a box that didn't have that many guys in it, and and he was able to find a hole. They had the numbers advantage, and it was perfect. And Stephen Carr got touches, even though he didn't. Like It was exactly what... He scores on the swing pass. Exactly. It was exactly what you think about with the air raid, where you don't need to have rushes in order to get your running back's touches. Stephen Carr had six catches in this game. He was USC's second leading receiver. So, like, you can have him with the ball in his hand without having to hand off to him from the backfield. It was it was that drive was the poster child for what this this could be. And it like watching it was like, okay, wait, this is why JT won the job. Yep. this is why Harold was brought in. This is what USC could do. They're going to drop 50 on this team. Yeah, it, and, it it harkened back to, to 2014 when yes. SC goes and, and wins the game in 2014 over Fresno State, 52-13. And that was a game, I mean, Ryan Abraham has talked about it on his podcast. That was a game in which Stark talked all offseason. They were installing a new offense, installing a new offense, installing a new offense. They're going to run up-tempo. They're going to be a no-huddle team. Hurry up, no-huddle. Awesome. They go on that drive, 17 plays, 90 yards, three third down conversion passes to Darius Rogers. They score. It looks great. It's amazing. By the way, that pen, that drive in 2014, after a penalty on the opening kickoff uh, by Julius Schuster on the very first play of his career. <laughs> so the, 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 parallels the parallels are right are there. The parallels yeah. are right there, right? So it, it feels the same way. But in, in a weird way... This game was the 2014 season in a nutshell. Rather, in 2014, SC, that whole Fresno State game, looked great. And then in week two, they started to deteriorate, right? Yeah, it was a mirage. Yeah, where this game, it was like they looked great for a quarter. And then after that, JT starts throwing to guys that are double covered. He starts throwing to guys that are triple covered. He throws to a wide open linebacker at the goal line on uh. a slant to Michael Pittman that he forces. Um, he he threw a pass that that should have been intercepted. Right, like there's these there's these things where the offense just kind of goes away from from what it was supposed to be. Well, the, the receivers were no longer open. Well, so my big this is one of the things I'm going to be really interested in the rewatch to to look at is that. Was it that JT just sort of like fell off a cliff or like was the offensive line breaking down? Because I have memories of of JT sort of having to scramble a little bit, having to run a little bit. And then he needed big jumping, leaping catches from Tyler Vaughn. I think that my, my big concern about JT going forward is he does look like the kind of quarterback who is rattled by the first hint of pressure that he sees. So that first drive was all rhythm, quick, pace, just go. And he didn't have time to be thinking about, oh, crap, somebody's going to try and try and come hit me. 
And then once in the second quarter, when Fresno State starts putting him under some pressure and a couple of runs that USC has are, are kind of stuffed, then when things go wrong, they go wrong. And this was the, you know, this is the ultimate test for this team, right? The, the ultimate test for this team was, uh, okay, things are good when things are going well, but when you get punched in the mouth, how, how do you respond? And it's weird because the team responded by winning the game, but also the team responded by doing exactly what they've done in the past, which is go up 14 points and then... 14 nothing. 14 nothing. It's I, I put it in our Slack channel. It's the it's the anti-Dosacero. Yes. The anti. Well, I, I was going to tweet Fresno State has USC right where they want them, but that felt like I didn't want to be like snarky negative. And so I was like, I'll save it for like a thing that I say, like, remember when being up 14 nothing was right where the other team wanted something like that? Like, in spoiler the, alert, in the positive. Well, it, it was that. So on Twitter, what I put was what I ended up, you know, deciding to say more reasonably was this is a really critical period of the game because USC has gone up 14 to nothing and looked really good in the past and they haven't been able to keep their foot on the gas and pull away from teams. And that's exactly what happened. USC goes into the second quarter and they leave the door open for Fresno State to stick around in this game instead of just sort of sticking their boot on their throat. And that's something that USC's like killer instinct is not something that USC has ever shown under under Clay Hilton. And that's uh, that's unfortunate. And And that was the storyline of this game is you're up 14 nothing, you're dominating the game and then all of a sudden two straight drives with interceptions I or with with uh with turnovers, right? Red zone turnovers if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a it was a fumble then the pick. No, a yeah. pick then the fumble. And and there was another drive in there after that where Tyler Vaughn's drops a third down conversion. Right. And there was some there was just some sloppy play that was really burying the team. And there was some conversation on Twitter about like, well, you know, the the scheme has been exposed or whatever. Like, I don't think the scheme was exposed in this game. I just think that USC didn't execute. And, you know, I I, I heard it from, I don't know if it was Helton or somebody else after in, in one of the scrums after after the game, they were talking about, like, this is an execution offset. Maybe it was Keaton Slovis who said, like, the, the offense is based on execution. It's like, yeah, that's very true, except that USC has never been very good at the whole execution part. Right. So, well, when when you look at those drives um in the the first half, the the two touchdown drives, 81 and 47 yards. Then they go three and outs, and that was the one that they had a penalty that brought it back, right? Um that brought it back a, a big gain. They ended up going three and out. Uh the next Yeah, the drive, t- the Tyler Vaughn's catch, right? Yeah. Uh and then the next one, 8 of 60, eight plays 60 yards. They moved down, settled for a field goal. Fine. No big deal. Uh, if you're going to stall, at least get points, right? Um, then they go three plays, one yard, and I think that's the Tyler Vaughn's drop. Uh, but then the last two drives of the half, eight plays, 56 yards, 11 plays, 50, 51 yards, that's the interception at the goal line. That's the fumble with the play that JT gets hurt. Though They were moving the ball. They were getting yards. It wasn't efficient. It was a lot like last year's year's offense where they're relying on Tyler Vaughn's to go make a play. They're relying on JT to make a play, but they were at least moving the ball. They were at least doing their job um, in a general sense. 
It was just they couldn't get over the hump at the end, uh, which is what happened last year so often, right? Like, we, we talk about the fumbles that Amon Ross St. Brown had against Cal and against Notre Dame. Michael Pittman had a fumble against Notre Dame right before the half, and if they just would have finished off those things, the game changes. If SC scores instead of throwing that pick, if if JT looks off the linebacker mm-hmm. and finds someone else and throws a touchdown on that play, um, and then maybe they settle for a field goal and he doesn't you know, get hurt uh, with, with the fumble, and there's 7 to 10 more points there, and SC ends up going to the half up, you know, 24 to 10, or maybe 31 to 10. It's a completely different game. Yes. But, but USC much can't... like the Cal game, they didn't do that. And then you go into the second half in this big question mark, especially with JT getting hurt. And JT getting hurt, everything could have gone to hell, but they were still able to move the ball a little bit with, with Keaton Slovis, especially on the ground. And that's when you really saw Vi Malpei, who I, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Uh, you know, yeah, he might be my guy. He might, he might, maybe, maybe, but maybe. He 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 looked. He looked right. good. Yeah. No, and the, and this is the thing is USC's running like the scary thing about USC's running backs is that Vimalapaya looked really good and Stephen Carr looked better. And like I didn't think that Stephen Carr was like seeing him at that level again was just eye opening of like man if Stephen Carr is going to do that then then this offense is in business. But you need to be consistent. You need to finish drives, and that's where USC fell apart is that they weren't finishing drives. And it's just it's pure sloppiness. It's pure like and I don't know how to I don't know how to fix that because like maybe this team is just sloppy. Like maybe like I don't know that there's solutions to that. The, the, the that's I think the 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 part that is most. Well, I, I mean, you and I were, were talking about it in the car, the idea that, again, any one of these issues, whether it be the offense starting to sputter whether it be you know the 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 wide receivers having an off night in terms of drops, Tyler Vaughn's had one of the weirdest games I've ever seen, where he he was SC's best player on the field at one point, and then he was making crucial errors. Whether it was the, well, the it- weird punt re- punt re- like sneaky punt um, return that he had at the five yard line that was that made no sense, yeah. right? There was that. There was the. The, the, he had drop. a fumble, he had a drop. Like, those things really hurt what USC was doing. isn't that what USC... I feel like that's been USC's MO. USC's MO last year was that their best players made the biggest mistakes. Right. And that... It, it's concerning that that's carried over. Because Tyler Vaughn's otherwise... Like, on paper, Tyler Vaughn's had a monster game. Right. 11 catches, 150 yards. You should come away with that. Thinking like, man, Tyler Vons is making his mark. But you come away with it going like, you could put Tyler Vons on the studs list and the does list. Like, yeah. like either way, you can look at it. And like, that's, that's the kind of thing that can sink a team because you want to be able to rely on your best players. But if your best players are making those key mistakes, like Amon Ross St. Brown last year, like that was, Amon yeah. had such a bright season. But when he has those two devastating fumbles, it kind of cancels out all the positives that he's bringing in. Right. And the, the way I look at it is any one of these things, and we've said this a million times, you can, you can 
you can try to say to, to give them the benefit of the doubt about one thing, but when it's all these things stacked on top of each other, when it's the defense giving up another lead, when I mean they didn't give up a lead this time, but they nearly did, right? They they tried pretty pretty hard. Uh, when it's SC not putting teams away, when it's you know having the points left on the field, all these things in in an isolated moment, it's not a cry for help. When it's all these things happening repeatedly over and over and over again, we can sit here and when pretend it's, that it's the the continuation of the 2018 season because it is. When it's almost 30 games, yes, because it's not just a con- because the 2018 season was a continuation of the 2017 season. So, like, we're talking two seasons, two seasons worth of games where this is the, the this is the storyline, and it just continued in this game, and like that is. It's it's just so soul crushing as a you know to 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 watch these games and know that that the same thing is playing out. It's like being in Groundhog's Day, like like the the movie Groundhog. Like you're we're we're Bill Murray and we're waking up to to the the uh, Sunny and Cher song, and every morning you, it, you wake up like you hear it. He hears it and it's just like not again. Like I'm still here. And like, that's what, that was me in the second quarter. That was me in the second quarter going like, in the first quarter, it was like, ah, yeah, this is it. This is it. USC's good. And then the second quarter was like, no, no, we're back on script. But it would have been, it would have been one thing if they would have salvaged it in the third. And they just didn't. Well, and they almost did. Because this is what happens, right? It's one great quarter, one quarter, and then it just, you know doesn't pick up the pieces yeah well and the problem with the with the third quarter is that the third quarter begins pretty poorly for usc in general like they come out and they don't look like they've made the adjustments and i remember like i don't think i got the tweet out but i remember thinking like i'd want i wanted to tweet like hey remember what it felt like to come out of halftime and see usc make adjustments and have that have an impact in the third quarter and it it was specifically because USC wasn't doing those things in the in the start of the third quarter, and Valus Jones kind of bails USC out. I mean, the the defense is an interesting case study here because the defense is very much what they were last year in that they're bending and bending and bending and bending, and like I I I'm curious what your thoughts on the defense were though Michael because the way I watched the defense was exactly the same as last year where I feel for you guys I think you're playing hard I think you're trying but you're also giving up long gains on third down and like being almost good but not actually good and you know better than the offense you're you're giving more to this team than your than your offense is giving you but also you're not good you're not as good as you should be like i, I don't know what your what your takeaway on the defense was but it, i i i feel like i could take any of my rants about the defense from last year and apply it to this game and it would be valid yeah uh, let's get into the defense uh, i'll give you my thoughts and we'll talk more about that and so much more about this game after this quick break we'll be right back All right, let's talk about this defense. You know, the big change in the offseason was that they were going to a four-man front. 
And then on third down, they were going to have a package in which you saw the outside linebacker come on. They're going to take one of the tackles off and it was going to provide some third down flexibility. Now that's all well and great, but what you saw in this game was Fresno state knowing that absolutely knowing that and adjusting to the situation. And, you know, you and I, you know, previewed Fresno State. We read a bunch of stuff about them. We looked up some some stats and all that stuff. We completely missed that Jorge Reyna was this much of a dual threat guy. That he was willing to scramble and willing to run the ball as well as he did and looked sort of Sam Ellinger-ish, right? Like, yeah. we completely missed that. But who are we? We're just a bunch of smucks that just talk on a podcast. Yeah. Right? And I feel like USC missed the boat, too, and never adjusted to that. And, you know, you talk about how this whole mantra for SC this year is, oh, it's about us, it's about us, it's not about the other team. Sometimes it is about the other team, because sometimes you need to be prepared for the wrinkle that they're going to give you. And Clancy Pendergast was so good at being able to take away the number one thing that the other team does, right? And then this year, it very much is our number one goal is going to be to take away the run, focus on a four-man front, and worry about us, right? And you can do that if you if, if you pull it off. And they did not pull it off in this game because they had no answers. What they did was with the four-man front, they were able to take away all of the inside stuff. The inside zone taken away. Ronnie Rivers did nothing yeah. for Fresno State. But... SC got gashed outside on swing passes, on jet sweeps, on reverses, on, you know, uh, sprint outs, on rollouts, anything to the outside. They were getting around the corner. SC wasn't able to set the edge, lost contain, all that stuff. A repeat of the UCLA game, which in which they couldn't set an edge for their life. And Joshua Kelly turned the corner every single time. Yeah, but, like, so I want to know. Like, I'd be curious to know. We didn't get to talk to Clancy Pendergast after the game or anything like that. But, like, I'd like to know, did they expect Jorge Reyna to run the ball 20 times? I don't know. Because, like, I feel like they maybe would have been nice. But should if it have taken been... 20 times? Like, should SC have been there in the third quarter even and still think, you know what? We should still have a four-man front. No. Yeah. Go to the three-man because you and I were talking about um, the third-down defense, and you were saying how poor USC was on third down, and I kind of disagree because, yeah, the conversions were bad, and th- but those are the plays you remember. I thought USC was best in this game on defense when they were able to either get pressure from Drake Jackson, who looked great, or be able to blitz. And when they were able to blitz and bring third-down pressures... Rayner was kind of, you know, screwed. He had nothing to do. But when they went away from that and when they weren't pressuring him and when they were sitting back on their back foot and when they weren't setting an edge and weren't allowed to get contained, I don't think that's when they were just ending up gas. I don't think that that was a I don't think that the that the strategy on third down changed. I think the the results on third downs on, on third down changed and. For the last three years, we've seen Clancy Pendergast have a problem on third and long, giving up long gains on third and long. And 
it hurts you like psychologically to do that. I think it's a mistake uh, that whatever the I, I think I, I agree with you. I think that they are looking at it and thinking sort of uh, feast or famine situation where we're either going to blow them up and get the third down stop or we're going to give up this big play and that's okay if it's 50-50 but like it's not okay if it's 50-50 that kills you like psychologically that kills you you can't be putting your team in position where you can you know be third and 21 and you give up 20 yards and let them get a field goal as a result like that's not that is not a a a a recipe for success at least the the, the way i look at it so you know, yeah, sure, Fresno State's 5 of 16 on third downs, but the 5 that they convert or the 5 that they gain yardage to then be in field goal range or to help their field goal range, like, those are negative plays for USC. Well, and then you can add the two fourth down conversions yeah. to make well, it, like, four, like, what, 7 of 16 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, so they were, like, 50%. But, but again, this comes back to, like, I judge USC's defense so different than I do USC's offense. And I don't know if I'm just like being easy on them, but can we also talk about how going into the fourth quarter, USC's defense had bent and bent and bent, but only given up 13 points. They had limited Fresno State to 13 points by that point. And USC's offense had scored 24. This is an offense that Graham Harrell has billed as we want to score 55. This is an offense with the wide receiver core and and everything that you want in order to be to, to hang up points. And yes, Fresno State has a good defense. Like I don't want to take anything away from Fresno State. But like I look at USC's offense and I feel like I don't I think that everything about USC is underperforming right now. But like I feel like the level to which USC's defense underperforms is so minuscule compared to the way that that, that USC's offense underperforms. So like I have a hard time evaluating because I care a lot less about what you like. The fact that USC's defense gave up 10 points in the fourth quarter is a problem. But I like I look at it and say, like, those 10 points should have been irrelevant because USC should have scored 45 and it wouldn't have mattered. Because if you're up 45 to 13, then when you when they when they score the late, you know, garbage time things, you just look at them as garbage time. But USC ends up, USC's defense ends up put in these situations where they're defending a lead and defending a lead and defending a lead and defending a lead. And then they give up the points in the fourth quarter and suddenly it looks like, oh, USC's defense sucks. Well, yeah, USC's defense could absolutely be better. I'm not trying to let them off the hook, but also like pull away, pull away. Like don't screw your, like don't, don't shoot yourself in the foot. And, and, and continue to, to end up in situations where you're not maximizing your drives, where you're, you're, you're letting teams stay in this game. Right. Teams stay in the game, not because the defense is letting them back in it, but because the offense is incapable of pulling away. This offense scored 24 points. They scored 24 points. Well, it's, the offense is preventing the Big 12 bad, right? Yes. If, you can't be Big 12 bad if you're only scoring 24 points. Right. Because if you're holding Fresno State to 23 points, just the way it was, but you scored 45, you scored two more touchdowns, okay, and then at worst it's Big 12 bad, right? Yeah. Because you're at least, you can give up 23 points if you're going to score 40. Yes. But when you're only going to score 31 and only 24 that's going to be from your offense, you're making it difficult because, yeah, you take away the Valus Jones... Um, kickoff return, 
And Fresno State was an, it was a two point conversion away from tying this thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that I just again we we talked in the beginning like it, it's frustrating because it's the same story. You go up fourteen points. We've been there before. You have a weak second quarter. We've been there before. You let a team stay in. We've been there before. Your offense doesn't put up enough points. We've been there before. Your defense eventually breaks. We've been there before. Like. I, I'm so tired of the same thing over and over again. So like things that I would let pass, like for instance, everyone who's listened to this podcast knows, like I, I can be very positive a- at times. Very, very positive. I mean, I get called a shill regularly. So like I have made excuses for this team, for this coaching staff, for these players for the last two years. I have said, this is why this is happening, and this can explain why this is happening, and cut them some slack because injuries, and this, that, and the other thing. And, like, I have been cutting this team slack for two years now, and I have reached the end of my rope. I have reached the end of my rope because uh, this was a conversation you and I I had in the car on the way back. If this is the first game of the Matt Campbell era, I forgive a lot of the things that happened in this game. But it's not. It's game number, f- f- how many games is, is Clayton coach? 40, 50 something? Like, we're, we're too far into this era for me to be giving people passes anymore. Well, especially when this was the off season of change, right? Yes. And, and I, I, I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt and I, I went season, in, I went all, in with an open mind. All off season, I said we have to see it in the game. Yes. Right? Yeah. If they're going to do these things, Fantastic, but we have to see it in the games. We get to the games and nothing's changed. Yeah. So we got a teaser. Yeah. We, we got a hell of a teaser. Which, to me, I and I'm this this isn't on Clay Helton. Well, isn't it? No. Why not? Because it's very simple. The buck stops with Clay Helton. No, it does not. Who does it stop? Like I I, I can sit here and no, tell and tell no, you I, that. Because oh the Lin Swan yeah like yeah. if this was if this was the same thing, um and you're getting the same exact thing the same exact thing that you got before, how is it not on Lin Swan right like if if this is just what a Clay Helton team is going to be, and he cannot get this team beyond this, okay, fine I I I, I get it you know. Clay Helton is a, is a coach who needed to learn how to be a head coach, and that's what USC signed up for. But then you look at this season, this is what USC signed up for by keeping him. Yeah. And yes, they said they were going to do all these changes. And, and if they did, a- try. And if they are able to get these changes gr- done, great. But you need to but, prove it in the games. But that, and that's the thing, is we right? said, we've said earlier in this offseason, like, at the very least, I can give Clay Helton credit for trying they brought it. They have a new strength coach. They changed the way they were doing practice. Right. They focused on on discipline with the referees and at practice, all that kind of stuff. So, like, they they tried, but obviously, we've just went through a game where none of it mattered. What the first play of the game, Michael? The first play of the game, a special teams uh, penalty wipes away a huge gain for for Valus Jones. So like the, the so what was the, the refs were at practice all all the time, they spend thirty minutes of every practice 
on special teams. And it's not like it was a hold. No, it was a it well, was like a, guy a hold that could have happened on any return ever. One right? of the number sevens didn't put the jersey on over their number seven because apparently it was a they late. Made a late it was, it was why a late are you subs- making a late substitution on the opening kickoff? That was my thought. So I, I'm guessing. So I'm, I'm I'm guessing it was based on on Fresno State's alignment for the kickoff. Then you're overcomplicating things. Like well, which is exactly what my point would be. Yeah. you're you're overcomplicating it at yeah. that point. Well, you're simpli- you've simplified everything except special teams, apparently. And, and you know, SC can't get enough guys on the field, so you should be simplifying the special teams, yeah. too. Then again, if you're going to, you know, return a kick, and that return kick is going to be the difference in the game, it's hard to also point the finger uh, at, at the special team. So, yeah. it's such a... It's such a weird situation to be in. Isn't it? Okay. Again, again, though, because this is USC. This is this is why it makes USC is so hard to evaluate because USC will give you the little positives. They'll give you those first two drives. They'll give you Tyler Vaughn's having 11 11 catches for 150 yards. They'll give you Vi Malapai and Stephen Carr looking great. They'll give you Isaiah Pullamal making a great interception. They'll give you Drake Jackson. You know, it's only they'll give the you first all this crap. week here. Yeah, but then they'll also give you everything else. Tyler Vaughn's committing uh, uh, drops and turnovers. You gotta save the, some of these sound bites for uh, next week. I mean, yeah, because next week is gonna be literally the same story, which is why I'm so done like and i so uh, during this game i i was super excited at the start and then when it started going exactly the way we all knew it was going to go i just basically shut down in the whole fourth quarter i was just sitting there going like there's nothing they can do that can fix this there's nothing they can do that can make me happy there's nothing they can do that can satisfy me it's just what it is and the sad part is is that once you resign yourself to that you go down to a really negative headspace at least i do and like I, you, you know, we, I walked out of the of the, of the um, out to the uh, concourse or whatever to meet up with you, and you're like, so what did you think? And I was like, if this wasn't my job, I would stop watching USC football. Like, and you're like, okay, aren't you? You're 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 uh, exaggerating or whatever. And it's probably true because I'm a glutton for punishment. And I watch a lot of bad Liverpool for many years, and like. You know, I, I'm i a Clipper fan. I know what this feels like. I know what this looks like. But at the same time, like, we're in a weird situation, Michael. We're in a weird situation because we produce these podcasts. We have a website. We do all these things, right? So, like, this is, like, livelihood stuff. But, like, the fact of the matter is that the longer this goes on, the more people will shut up. You, you, you look at the Coliseum. The Coliseum was empty. People turned up, but like there were large, large swaths of that stadium where there was not a human being in a, in a, in a, you know, 20 by 20 like section of seats. So like people didn't show up for this game that I don't know what the official attendance was, but 57, it was right in line with, with last year. Okay. Well, 57 is the official attendance of, of the sales. 57,000 people were not in that stadium tonight. I thought there were more people than I expected. Well, so. it was, but uh, I don't know. It it did not look good from from the field. It it certainly didn't look good. So I don't. I, at this point, can I blame the people who didn't show up for that game today? Can I blame the people who listen to this podcast, but then next week decide, you know what? I can't deal with this anymore. I mean, Michael and Alicia, I like you, but I can't bear to 
think about USC football anymore. Like, that's what sucks for me. Like, coming out of this game thinking to thinking to myself, like, I wouldn't blame anybody for just shutting off and waiting for, for something else to change because it's not fun. It is not fun to watch this team. It is not fun to, to, to see these games. It is not fun to be in this Groundhog Day purgat like we we said the off season was purgatory right plot twist we're not in purgatory we are literally in hell we are literally in hell being tortured and you know like the good place i was just say is this the good this place? is the good this is the bad place we've thought this whole time we're in the good place we're usc football fans or we're just in purgatory we just have to see which way this goes no this is the bad place. We are in a groundhog day of misery and and misfortune. And you are in mid-season form after swe- one damn game. I swear, Mike. No, because it's 30 games. It's 30 I I get games it. I, I of get the it. same conversations, the same mistakes, the same miscues, the same th- – like, 14 to nothing. Michael, they went up 14 to nothing. They went up 14 to nothing. And and then got you know get, what did the, what what was the what, how much was the scoring so they go up fourteen to nothing and then they score and it, do the math for me because it's three from, o'clock in the morning from that point on Fresno State outscored them twenty three to seventeen yes yes okay that point proven right no, but hold on Fresno State's offense outscored USC's, USC's offense yes twenty three to ten yes yeah uh, exactly yes so like. Again, this is this was supposed to, this oh this air it was supposed to fix it. The air raid was supposed to fix it, and you know what? It looked like it had, but it but th- which I I go back to the point of if the offense would have just been like this and the defense would have been great. The defense holds them to ten points. I think you can sit here and be and say, oh, it's week one. The offense showed glimmers of hope, but it's just week one. Uh, let's see what happens in the Stanford game. But it's the it's the way that again that all these things together well, the, happen. Hold on, but uh, and this is again this is this is the problem when we've looked at uh, when you look at the strengths of this team, the defense is not going to be good enough to carry this team this year. We knew that going in. We knew that going in that the defense was not. Go- this is not going to be a defensive juggernaut. You're going to have to hope that your defense can just hang on and not get torched with your young secondary and maybe well, produce some... We, we had talked about the strengths should be the front line. seven and that the, if the front seven can do their job and then, you know... Can we can oh, we talk about the front seven? Sure. Okay. I thought, uh, again, it's Sorry, very... It's a front six now, but yes. Yeah, what, whatever. Sometimes it's a front seven, but yeah. What? Whatever. The point. The point is... I my vantage point from the field is hard to see who's actually having a good game, but I messaged you at one point and you and Trent, uh, one of our our writers, uh, at one point asking, "Is anyone on defense having a good game?" Because I can't tell. So Drake, Drake Jackson. Jackson had a yeah. good game. I thought Christian Rector had some moments. Um, the defensive line. I think you can make a case for everyone on the defensive line, line having yes. a good game. Yeah. Where was? Palaye Naoteote, because that dude is an all-American dude, and he was Anthony Saro in this game. So I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, wait, did they just move they, when they move Palaye Naoteote to 
the the weak side linebacker spot. It was supposed to be we're going to take advantage of his aggression and free him up to make plays. He didn't make a single play in this game. They turned Paula Ianateote into Anthony Cerro. No offense to Anthony Cerro, but our running joke about Anthony Cerro was you forget he was on the field. Ianateote was not a factor in this game. And well, to to play off the Cerro thing. You forget he looked, was on the field, but then you look at the stat sheet and you're like, oh, he was third on the team in tackles. How he had, did that happen? He had six tackles. Yeah. I don't remember any of those six. He, they they were, half of them were assisted. They were not, they they were root, at best routine tackles. John Houston, meanwhile, has 13 tackles. And I have to, I have to ask myself, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? IPM, good game. Yes, IPM had a good he, game. He has the, the game-winning IPM makes interception. The, and he had a tackle for loss. Again, he had that blitz in which when SC was throwing creative blitzes, they were they were penning Reyna back there and he couldn't do anything. Yes. That was how they could, should have dealt with him. Right. Or have some sort of three-man front with an extra guy on the end to try to set the edge and force them back up to the middle where your playmakers are on the defensive line that were legitimate run stoppers. Right. Again, there there's there's things to there's things that you can flag in this and say, okay, this makes sense, but but also I'm still sitting here and asking you what happened to Pollyanne Alteote. No, no. Like someone explain Alicia, that I'm, to me. No, my own my question for you what the hell happened to Ben Griffiths, man? Uh, you have, okay, wait, you have hold spun on. this idea. And so at our meetup on Friday night, we had so many people ask, so Ben Griffiths, for real? Like, Alicia, you know, you've promised four Ray Guy awards and all this stuff about Ben Griffiths is going to do this. He's going to do that. Three punts, an average of 37 yards, and I'm pretty sure they all went exactly 37 yards. They were right about in that range. He had a long of 38. Yeah, so what, 38, 36, 37, 38 then, right? Keaton (sighs) Slovis had a longer arm punt. Okay, so... Fresno State out-punted him. Okay, so here's, again, I tweeted, is there no joy left? Because... Even the punter has disappointed me today. I don't. I, I, I watched this dude kick 50 yard balls into the corner with a with a backspin and like make it impossible for the punt returner to catch the ball. All sorts like I watched him do these things is. Oh, my God. Is Ben Griffiths Dylan Baxter, but for specialties, he might be. The single greatest off like a uh, camp of all time, and then you get him into games, and he's just my okay to 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 answer this seriously, and not just like me crying over like how disappointed I am that Ben Griffiths like was very very pedestrian, especially you know you know what this is the universe like getting mad at me because I was giving Jake from What's Bruin Show crap about their Aussie rules kicker who was not particularly good for UCLA in the first game, but okay, let me explain it. Um, Ben Griffiths had told us, I think uh, you, the guys over at uscfootball.com that like kicking in the Coliseum is claustrophobic. Like the, fo- the field is sm- like, it looks small because he's used to being in Aussie rules fields, which are very big it's and in big stadiums oval, yeah. and in stadiums that are 
that are large, that are sort of cavernous, that are, that are, they're, you're not on top of the action, all that kind of stuff. So like the only thing I can think of is just that he was overwhelmed by the night game. First game didn't have his, you know, his jitters were, were up or whatever. I, I don't know. I, all I can say is I have no excuses for him. It was just not good. Like, not that he was bad. But, like, that's a really, really lame app. Like, he didn't allow any returns. So I I guess if you're if you're um, John Baxter, you can look at that and go, like, well, then mission accomplished. But also he can do a hell of a lot better than that. But that's it's the epitome of this team. It's the epitome of this team. This team talks you into thinking they can be great. And then they get out on the actual field with the lights on and they're mediocre to average. They are, this team is 37 yards, Michael, 37 yards. That's what this team is. They are who we thought they were and we're letting him off the hook. <sighs> I'm, I'm so, I'm, I like. Save it. Say, save your energy. I can't. Say, there's, it's a long season. There's 11 more games of this, this. This is what's doing my head in, Michael. Like, oh, there are 11 more games of this. We all know this. There are 11 more games of this CarCast. We can... Michael, we don't even need to record CarCast anymore. You, you we, know that, that cartoon gif of the guy being like, the end is near, the end is... That's you. That, no. That's you. We don't need to record CarCast anymore because we literally have this one. Yeah. Cue we this can just up. repost Schedule it next it. week. Schedule it okay. next week for 2 a.m. on Sunday morning because I guarantee you that it's going to literally be the same conversation. By the way, SC won this game, but okay. Here's the defeat, the defeatist in me. When Isaiah Polamau intercepted that ball, I had a moment of no, just let it, just let it end. Accelerationist, I was, I was getting to full blown accelerationist in my head. I was thinking of like the finish him, Jeff. But I wasn't aiming it at USC. I was aiming it at at, at Fre- like Fresno State. Finish him, like just put it. If USC had lost this game, then they definitely lose to Stanford. They definitely lose to BYU, and then just the misery ends. The misery ramps up. By the way, for if you guys month. listening at home, she has had zero drinks. I have. So. I have, I have had zero drinks. I. I just. This is. This is pure ad- adrenaline of like. Of 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 just I am I am low. I've been brought. This team has brought me low. I cannot like I I just I can't do it anymore. I cannot make excuses for. I cannot cut them slack anymore, Michael. I will. I re, I refuse to cut them any more slack. I refuse to be the patsy. Well, stop being a Stop being a show. I'm, I'm refusing to be the patsy that buys into their bullcrap every single time, thinking like, oh, they can turn this around. No, they cannot turn this around. They are going to keep smashing, like beating this dead horse. They, I am the dead horse and they are going to keep beating me <laughs> week after week after week after week until we get to December and I'm, you know, laying on the floor bloodied and bruised and like y'all are, I have decided like, you know what? I need to turn these, I need to turn this podcast off because I can't handle Alicia's psychotic break anymore. <sighs> All right, if you're asking why we didn't talk about the timeouts or the fourth down play or any Whoa. of that stuff. Because what's new? Oh, hey, what's Wh- new? Go, but- okay, here's what you do. Go back to one of our episodes in November. Turn that on. 
and then get your fill of why the hell are they calling timeouts and why the right. hell are they doing fourth down? But can also why? Oh my god! Oh, let's why just did, why did they go for fourth down? Save why? It. Why why not give Ben Griffiths the chance to redeem himself with a coffin corner punt? No, let's we have to go for it on fourth down. Fourth and one, let's go for it. Also, let's pull the guard and let them just sort of break through the line like there's nobody there. Yeah, that's a good strategy. Ah this one game coming. I'm out. sorry. I'm sorry. Take I a deep breath. Sorry, not sorry, actually, because I'm I'm just so uh Based on our rant line, you have to do the rewatch tomorrow. So I, get ready oh my for gosh, that. we got into the studio. We we sat down to, and I was eating my my. I was opening my extreme sausage sandwich to enjoy that as the one good thing what about this night. What makes it so extreme? I don't get it. Two two patties, two sausage patties. That's extreme. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, it's wonderful. It's extremely good. But we sat down and like. We were talking about like so like the 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 work schedule for tomorrow more or less, and I sat there and I just sort of sat back and thought, I have to rewatch that game tomorrow. I have to rewatch that game tomorrow, Michael. I have to sit down and put myself through that again, and then I'm gonna record a podcast about it and put these folks through that again. I apologize in advance. Nobody wants this. This is the this is the week where everyone is sitting there nodding in agreement like, yeah, Alicia, no one wants to listen to the rewatch this week. Are you a masochist? Is this is this, you know, torture podcasting or something? Yes, turns out it is. Are you done? I no. <laughs> no, I'm not done. All right. I might, I might be, I, I'm not out of steam. I, 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 I probably should just stop though. I'm going to say some things that I regret. Yeah, right. Like, let's just stop here. Uh, let's talk about the meetup and how awesome the that meetup was. was amazing. There's so many cool people. Yes. John in Oakland. Uh, we, we T- saw Terrence and Robert who yeah. are, who are like our, my, my, uh, their, their podcast, uh, Podcast rivals, apparently, because they've got great chemistry and, like, they're really cool dudes to talk to. Yeah, I got- one of my favorite things was I asked Terrence about the season. I'm like, what do you, what do you think about the season? He's like, I just want to be Big 12 bad. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's cool. People are catching trending, on to Big 12 trending. bad. Yeah. I got to have a, a long, extended conversation about uh, hiking uh, with uh, with – now this is this is awful because I'm so bad at names. I I remember I the only names that I remembered are the ones that I like asked them three times like wait, hold on, I have your name right, right? So like hiking guy, <laughs> I rec- I remember you. I can't remember your name, but like that was real like it was really cool to sit and like have a hiking conversation with people. Like yeah. have a football conversation with people. Like have a how did you become a USC fan? conversation with people like where did like what's your backstory all like the robots genuinely the coolest thing about these meetups is getting to meet all of these amazing people who weirdly listen to us yeah and who like us like it's so strange i mean they're probably second guessing that now like listening to us ramble at 3 30 in the morning or listen to me ramble at 3 30 in the morning like a crazy person who can't process the stupidity that's happening at the Coliseum. 
But like, no, the, like the genuinely, it's 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 amazing, not just to like for us to meet robots, but like to see other robots interacting with each other, and like understand that we're all we're all like this community of people who can like straight up get along and have these really insightful conversations like that right. it's so cool super super cool yeah it is it is the coolest thing uh we we're gonna have one in byu or one in utah before the byu game so look out for that when uh when that comes around in a couple of weeks but yeah what a game sc wins 31 23 uh, if you haven't already call in the rant line 213-373-1872 make my sunday busy by editing your phone calls yes yeah, make me busy so that way i don't have to rewatch the game <laughs> there you go yeah. uh until then give us your emails rant of troy at fansite.com phone number again 213-373-1872 again the phone number is 213-373-1-USC. Suck it, what's Bruin Show. Yeah, we got that right. Nice. All right, see ya. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.